0: Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Building Doctor Show. I'm your host, Jens Johansson. And I was thinking, uh, just as we were starting, our, our show is always the last Tuesday of the month. And I looked up at the calendar and we've had five Tuesdays. That's why I feel like I'm behind. It's the fifth Tuesday. I've missed you guys. It's been an extra week. Uh, the uh, December show was recorded. So, yeah, it's good to be back. And today's guest, we have Matt Martin. Happy New Year, Matt.
1: Thank you, sir. Happy New Year to you, also.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the last day we can say that because you start saying that in February and people go, yeah, come on, man, get over it. It's, Take your uh...
1: Christmas lights down, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Take
0: the Christmas tree light down. <laughs> yeah so today is all about insurance and Matt is an expert in the insurance business uh he's here today and wearing his consultant hat as opposed to his name brand thing because there's uh, the insurance business is regulated there's uh there's rules about doing these kind of shows and giving these kinds of opinions so he's going to stay stay clean but uh we'll 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 get more into him just in a second, but we're going to be working on unit policies versus master policies and how they differ and what to watch out for and how to use your insurance appropriately, how to set up a good insurance policy and uh, what to look for, you know, comparing it to your bylaws and what kind of buildings you live in. And so we're hopeful that this webinar will provide some valuable insights and guidance about protecting your property. So, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thanks for the opportunity, Jens. Um, I have been in the industry for 30, well, a little over 33 years, underwriting claims, uh, and now uh, on the sales side or the agency side for 23. Um, okay. So I've been uh, been around a long time and have seen crazy stuff <laughs> and seen stuff go very smoothly, uh, yeah. but the crazy ones are way more exciting to talk about. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, now, I, were those more in the uh, in the claim side of the thing, where you're showing up at a at a burned out house, or what? Uh, what? What's yeah. the most crazy?
1: Yeah, um, I I. Told you some time ago, I was held at gunpoint on an auto claim once. I Ooh. I visited lots of fires and this and that, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, it's it, it's been an adventure. Uh Uh, whoever said insurance people are boring insurance policies are boring insurance 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 people are not boring so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah insurance policies when you can't sleep get out your insurance policy and just cures everything so you
1: know you you stole that from me as if you're an insomniac get your policy out you'll be asleep or dead shortly so Awesome.
0: And so then you went to the agency. Did you start right out of school or it sounds like you've been doing it for a while? And
1: I did. I graduated mm-hmm. from Oregon State. And about two mm-hmm. weeks later, I was a claim rep for this company. And uh, p- while I was in school, I did some internships on the underwriting side of things. And so I mm-hmm. uh, got a pretty good uh, picture of the industry. Of, and I love the ability to be able to help my clients you know, learn how to play the game, if you will
0: yeah, yeah. well, that's that's what we're here, what we're here to learn. So that's good. The uh, I was I was curious about I was curious about the how much time you spend in claims and then underwriting. Uh, I'd much rather be on the agency side because <laughs> it seems like a customer client service piece there. And one, one more thing, you're licensed in Washington. our 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 show is targeting Washington, Oregon, Utah. And uh, insurance is one of those things where it's where it's definitely rule and policy related. And so we just wanted to emphasize that every policy is a little different. But the concepts we're going to be talking about today hopefully should apply throughout. Correct. And so, yeah. OK, so I've launched a little poll. This is the normal poll we do. It helps us know where you're from and, and uh, what how you're involved in condominiums uh, how you found us a little bit? I'll let that let that run just a little bit more. Um, but uh, just we've we've thinned down the opening monologue, uh, but we don't we don't want to forget the disclaimers. This show is free, so put away your credit cards. We're not selling you anything, uh, and this show is for educational content only. We're not giving legal, financial, engineering advice, and we're not uh, medical doctors, even though it's the building doctor show. We've helped thousands of people uh, with their building problems and seen what has worked and what hasn't. And we want to make sure that you benefit from what we're talking about today. So feel free to ask any of those questions in the QA. And Brooke, the producer, will get those things going for us. Uh, Our registration on the show continues to climb. So thanks for spreading the news. Uh, And feel free to share that news with the rest of your board and, and just get that information out there. So we're here to help. So let's go back to the poll. Let's see who's who's here. There's a good good uh, well, there's Washington, Oregon represented. So you know the mighty beavers in Oregon, Oregon, go beeves. Go beeves is our well represented. Uh, managers, board members, homeowners. let's see in poll. I can share it for you guys too. And uh, so we've got. Lots of things going on. Have you been through a repair project? Yes, a big one. And insurance was probably had something to do there. Okay, let's uh, let's see. So stick around for the live Q&A at the end. This is a live show. You are invited. You are asked to enter your questions, put them up in the Q&A box, and we will get to that. One of the questions that we, and we receive questions all month. And so we got a really good question that really kind of drove this show. We knew we wanted to talk about insurance and uh, we got a great question this month and we'll get to that, but it's a nice complicated, nice complicated question. But uh, uh, when we're moving through here, let's see, we'll get, we'll get that Q&A panel at the end of the show. We'll also be doing our, our raffle giveaways uh we have, you know, we keep getting asked for J2 brew when it runs out, energizing your communities <laughs> since 2007. And, you know, it's cold here. So we got a beanie. We got, we got a little, I guess you could put coffee in this. You could put whatever kind of beverage in that. So there's a giveaway there. Matt, do you have your little prizes? I
1: have these lovely uh, blankets. I've got two of them. <laughs> One this color won this color basically mm. if uh, happen to be in a band and if you happen to come see my band this summer and Marcoillo right. you could spread that blanket out on the ground and sit comfortably while you watch uh, while you listen to music
0: fantastic what uh, what what position do you play in the band Do you say position that's more sports team what yeah what, uh... you, you,
1: you ask how you want it's all good I I'm the oh. drummer and the lead singer.
0: Oh so, yeah. very Don Henley of you. Yes. Wow. That that, that yeah, takes a lot good of time. For you. Because right on, the yes. drum drum is hard. You're either ahead of the beat, you're behind the beat, you're on the offbeat, you're you're with the beat. You're that's hard. Uh, I hard I can't
1: down. walk and chew gum at the same time, so I don't know how I do that. So it remains okay, to be well.
0: Safe. Let's let's rock some insurance policies.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Oh gosh. Oh, it's gonna be a long show, folks. Okay, so we had a <laughs> <laughs> today's agenda Here's where we'll we cover the agenda questions real quick, and then we jump into it. So we had a fire in our condo. Nobody wants to take the lead on insurance claims. And that's really this kind of hairy question It affected a bunch of units. Uh, how do we how do we get to herd the cats who's who's in charge. Uh, number two, what should we expect as the typical insurance policy and what kind of things are included or not. And we're going to talk unit policy and master policy and the differences. Because we see things fall between the cracks. And so we want to make sure that you're protected on that. What, how do, what do we do in the case of a claim? What, what are some good, you know, just call 1 800 claims, you know, so. Uh, number four, if there's a loss, should everyone call their insurance companies? And do we get penalized for turning in a claim? Um, how do we avoid contractors who want to take advantage of us, you know, that listen to the police scanner and show up and push their way in the door? Uh, And is there anybody else that, you know, public adjusters maybe? So number six, what is the difference between a unit policy and a master policy and who owns what? Uh, Number seven, what do I do if my toilet flooded and damaged other units? So you can kind of see some of these questions are, they're related and we, you know, we'll, we'll break them down there. And if we come to it and we've already answered it, we'll just keep going. So number eight, what happens if someone does a bad window replacement? What happens if somebody installs Windows poorly that cause damage to other units? Uh what is DNO insurance and should I get it? And then what does an HO6 what does HO6 assessment insurance protect me from? So one, one more thing, Matt. You do you live in a condo? Do you serve on a board? Do you I mean what you I said um, something about a I, condo?
1: Yes, I, I currently live, I'm currently renting a condo. Okay. Um, but I own a house on a lake nearby and there is mm-hmm. an association. I okay. have served on many homeowners association boards. Fact, mm-hmm. I can serve on our our marina board right now and our HOA board right now. Okay. So, and I, I've been doing it and I've met with numerous Dozens and dozens of condo association boards and, and HOA boards in right. the last 23 years of doing VISO.
0: Yep. Yep. So you you can speak to our audience, of board members, managers and, and uh, association members. So here's that question. It's this month's best question. We actually gave them a coffee or something like that saying, thanks for asking this. This is a really good one. In the sense of it's messy, it needs to be unpacked, and so I'm not going to read the whole question. But basically, we have a large HOA had a fire in one of its buildings, destroyed four units, damaged four others, uh, probably damaged hallways and elevator lobbies and all this other stuff. And you know the the plumber did it, and he confessed, and he has insurance, but. Um, there's all these policies and nobody's really stepping up to take charge. All the policies in each unit are saying, I'll, I'll pay as soon as you give me some bills or as soon as you you know, send me some things, I'll gladly pay you. But nobody is being the clerk of the works or the quarterback and coordinating and, and getting these things moving and getting people back into their house. Meanwhile, they're ALE or their, uh, you know, additional living expense clock is ticking, and and there there's just a lot of frustration, and so the question ends with surely the insurance industry must have some protocol or well recognized standard practice for how they all interact with each other. I wish they did, but that's what uh, good agents are for, and we'll talk about that, but also good HOA attorneys and and consultants or quarterbacking kind of project managers that can make things happen. So we're going to break this question down uh, through a series of other questions, but you can see the mess sounds complicated and uh, let's take it away. So let's talk about the typical insurance policy. And this is five bullets and then, you know, using the lens of unit policy versus master policy, Uh, When we were talking about this show early on, Matt mentioned some, you know, here, this particular line item is a no brainer to get, you know, upgrades on so increase that from $1,000 to $10,000 it's only 15 bucks a month or something. Um, Next question is there a difference on the type of building I live in you know high rise versus low rise new old pools, etc. Third one, what are some things to watch out for, I guess, you know, on unit policies. Uh, you know, what, what are things included, but only a small amount of coverage. And then the last one, should we or our agent review the master policy and then shape our unit policy around that? And maybe it's more bylaws or maybe it's both. So this, Matt, this is all you take it away.
1: Well, again, thanks for the opportunity today, gents. Um, in as much as we talked earlier, um, I, I think I, I usually refer to the relationship between a kind of unit owner's policy and a master policy is kind of a dance when it comes to to claim time and really um i won't go and necessarily order here but um the if you're in a management company or you're on the board the thing i'll stress first is in my experience is the bylaws are going to be so incredibly important and how they are written and how they describe obviously, in writing, who is responsible for what. And I mean down to the minutia, because when it comes time and the rubber meets the road and it's claim time, both of you, all three of you, the unit owner, the board member, and the management company will be so pleased when they see that it is spelled out so incredibly um,
0: clear that who is responsible for what. So So you're, um, you're you're almost advocating an insurance paragraph for an insurance. Here's what to do in case of a insurance claim. Is that
1: absolutely? I'm absolutely saying, and, and really the other thing too, is defining. uh, I saw a slide earlier, who owns what bylaws will define who owns, you know, so some common knowledge, those of you that are listening, you've read or heard this before the unit owner is responsible for him from the drywall in well, Is that enough of a definition to, you know, come claim time? Uh, What about the plumbing that services their condo unit? That's inside the wall, but it services their unit. So do they own it? I don't know. What about the windows? Windows are structural. Mm -hmm. If they break a window, you know, so we'll get into that a little bit later. It's that's I always start with that is I I ask my my customers who buy a, a condo unit owner's policy. I asked them to bring me a copy of the bylaws and the master policy, and as a, as a courtesy, I will review it and say, all right, and that's how, to your point, that's how we'll design their HO6 policy or their unit owner's policy to work in concert with the master policy. Now, that's yeah. a 30,000 foot view, right? but at the end of the day, it's, it's sort of like, huh, surprise, an insurance policy. They tried to take the gray out of everything and make it black and white. Right. And that's where the bylaws will come in. So all that said, um, what are some good upgrades that you can do on, on like an h o six policy? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll we'll dig into this later, but things like uh, loss assessment coverage, and we'll dig mm-hmm. into that you know later. On. I saw another slide earlier. Um, backup of sewer and drain, um earthquake coverage, those kinds of things. in the state of Washington, all these policies are pretty vanilla. That means they're all mm-hmm. pretty much the same. The biggest differences are going to be the premium that's charged, the service that you get, and the options and endorsements that are available. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. most of the policy language is the same because it has to be uniform so that the OIC, the insurance commissioner's office, can help, can regulate that to the best of their
0: ability. So there is uniformity among different brands, but then what what you're saying is a good agent or advisor is filling in where they need to, to cover the cracks, if you will. Yeah. And and
1: at the end of the day, and again, philosophically, and it should be a a mainstream thing, and I'll I'll be quickly about this, but your insurance company's job is to protect you, Mm -hmm. protect your stuff, protect you from liability issues, and so forth and so on. So having a person to advocate for you, like a local agent, like, you know, whoever that's important because again, when it's time for a claim, you need someone that's able to dig in and and talk to these other companies. You know, like mm-hmm. go back to your big thing. If there's seven insurance companies involved, you know, then there's there's the question of the board. Does the board assign someone to be the quarterback? Say, look, you're responsible for talking to all these different places. Blah blah blah. Right. Um, but having that advocacy is really important in this business. And I gave you the example earlier. When I go and get a mortgage, I say to my guy, "Hey, this is what I want. Now make it happen." I don't, I don't know anything about mortgages other than, you know, I just say, "Hey, make this happen." He's right.
0: the expert. Okay. The and one one thing that we were talking about in a unit policy, and I think I think you use the uh, scenario of if you can grab your unit like a box. And tip it over and shake it, and what falls out? Can you yep. can you talk about that? Yeah, some so, stuff will fall out. Other yeah, stuff.
1: right? Right. So the, the HO Six—that's what they call it in Washington. I don't know what they call it in Oregon or Utah, but um, but the condo unit owners policy—I call it—is a, a is a renter's policy on crack. That just mm. means that there's there's three major things covered: a, your stuff. That's Mm -hmm. technical jargon for contents. And that's where, like you said, if you pick up the place and turn it upside down and shake it, whatever falls out is considered your stuff or your contents. The other thing that's covered is building coverage. So I mentioned earlier, drywall in everything that's bolted to the structure or stapled to the structure like carpeting or whatever Cabinets. If it doesn't fall exactly, cabinetry, toilets, countertops, light fixtures, mm-hmm. all that stuff that doesn't fall out but is still inside the drywall, that's considered building property. That's the second yeah. thing that's covered. We got stuff, we got building property, and then of course liability. Gotcha. And so that's that's really, and then you've got a thousand other things you can tack on there. Yeah, but those are the Good. big three that are covered.
0: And so to help to help people understand, one easier way to think about it: insurance policies may be vanilla or they may be kind of if it's not excluded it's included so there's kind of this vagueness but they're really a contract they're a contract to do a b and c
1: and then then
0: you then you jump over to your bylaws those are kind of also a contract that the common areas are going to do this this and this and you as residents are going to do that that and that and so you got to get these two contracts lining up so that you get coverage for things because we we've seen it and it's It's sad when it's like there's a big gap right in the middle of this because that app, you went to save, you know, 50 bucks on your insurance policy doesn't provide any kind of, you know, anyway, don't don't get me down that line, but. uh, I get it, I get it. So your point is, your point is, uh, yeah, get some advocacy there. Okay, Uh, and look at the bylaws and look at the master. Okay, great. So let's go to insurance claim process. What, you know, kind of a simple question, what should I do if something happens and what should I expect my carry to do for a typical unit condo policy? And so the, what do I do if something happens? So that kind of gets into that, uh, that the question or the pushback we hear is it was obviously your toilet that flooded above me and flooded my entire unit. If I call my insurance company, uh, I, I might have to pay a deductible or I get dinged for a claim. So you call your insurance company. Yeah. Should everybody call their insurance company or what, what are what are pretty typical things to do?
1: So I like the example. And, and this is undoubtedly, this is what I and my team, I've instructed them the same is somebody calls using your example. You live above me and your toilet leaks into my unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the the feeling, and it's the same thing with insurance, with I feel that insurance companies could do. The first thing that I'm going to do is come knock on your door and say, Hey, Jen's, this has happened. How are you going to handle this? And, the, and then if, if that doesn't work, then hopefully you have as a unit owner, a local representative that you can call. And I act as a gatekeeper between mm-hmm. my person and the big bad company. <laughs> and then, what, and the reason I say that is because the minute you call one eight hundred, don't have a claim, you're gonna, like you mm-hmm. said earlier, you're gonna have a ding on your record. Whether you, ha- whether one dollar is paid out or not, there's now a record of a loss, and mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that you know. Because in this case, I, I, if I were the agent, I would say, look, go talk to Jansen, Jens, and see what's going on, and mm-hmm. see, you know, does does his policy have coverage for that? Mm-hmm. And then the the other thing is. If it leaked down through the flooring, now you've got an issue where stuff that neither of you or your insurance policies cover. So you've got to get in hold of the association as well and say, "Hey, there's wet dry there's wet drywall or flooring, there's wet insulation. I could, you know, how, how are you guys going to handle this? Is it? You gotcha. know, most of the associations have a really high deductible these days for a whole lot of reasons. Obvious but reasons. they should, yeah, they should have reserves
0: set." Mm-hmm. You should have reserves, yeah, or stuff yeah. like good this, point. You know what I yeah. mean. And um, show not too long ago specifically on reserve studies, and yeah, having an insurance deductible line item basically—that's something because we hear it. I mean, it used to be five thousand bucks for a big giant complex, and now it's fifty thousand. Right, right. So do we have that in the bank? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And and we'll we'll touch on that again when we get to assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, What should my carrier do? My my carrier should start paying attention, come out and take a look at it, or do what they do and advocate
1: for you. Ask them. You know that your your carrier, whether it's the master policy carrier and you're talking to the president of the association or the property Mm -hmm. management company, or whether it's the the unit owners carrier, they need to dig in. This is the time where it's important. Like I said the other day, hey, we're really nice people. We sell insurance and we're really nice, but Who cares how nice we are if we're not getting the love that we need from our carrier when you have a claim? Right.
0: You know? And, you know, back to that, what are you going to do about this? Maybe that's a little bit of a, is that a little bit of a business decision? Hey, it's a spot in my ceiling. Hey, don't call my company. My deductible is five grand. If it's less than five grand, I'll just take care of it for you. Absolutely. Is that that another place? Absolutely.
1: Totally. Yeah. Do the right, you know, do what makes sense financially too. Right. Right.
0: Okay. So all right. Well, good good answer. And here we've got fire billowing out of the billowing out of the thing. Multiple unit policies. And this kind of gets back to that that question of uh, you know what what is the best protocol or the best practices or standard steps to handle a loss that affects a bunch of units. Should we make all involved caller insurance company? Here's that question. Uh, we get back pushback from owners. You know, hey, it wasn't my unit that burned, but that smoke got into my unit, or the water that was putting this fire out got into my unit. And so, aside from calling nine one one to get out of a burning building, what uh, <laughs> what would you? What's what's kind of a? And this is advice to boards with multiple unit policies involved here. Uh, yeah. what, what is what is that board president just immediately saying? everybody get their you know insurance companies involved or what
1: well i i think in it i i wish i wish i wish i wish there was a yes no black white Mm -hmm. answer for this question but there really isn't so what should the president of the association do immediately first of all talk to everybody involved if it's four units that are involved hey what what kind of damage do we have you know Mm -hmm. maybe even do an inspection and Mm -hmm. you know find out and if and again, it boils down to economics with some people too, is can you afford a $2,000 bill to, to get the smoke damage out of your house? If you don't want to or can't, then you involve your insurance company. Mm-hmm. And then there's the issue of, we talked about this earlier, subrogation. If somebody upstairs you know, fell asleep and there was popcorn oil, that was a real claim, popcorn oil on their, uh, on their stove and it Blew up and burned the whole building mm-hmm. down. Oh, there's there's some legal liability there, and so if if there's if it's a fourplex and four insurance companies are involved, they're going to want their money back, mm-hmm. and so hopefully the the unit owner has you know a good liability policy with their owners and policy and go from there. But it's immediately if in a situation like this, I would involve the master policy immediately and let them know, hey, we've got a significant claim here. And it's right. affected, say four or eight of twenty units or something like that, because mm-hmm. there's there's going to be significant damage there. And then all the players need to get involved. Again, right. if you're the you know the president of the of the association, either you or you assign someone to quarterback this thing. Right. I want you to call everybody and or call yep. all the unit owners that's affected. And you know maybe there's one of the eight that as a tiny little water spot like you said but the rest of them you know so it really there is no one size fits all answer to this i wish i could be more clear you know there's just not it's all mm-hmm. situational and and right. depends on what's happening
0: and i think yeah i think the the reach out make the calls and and get a plan going whether that's you know somebody needs to be doing the plan and i think that goes back to that that question and this this gets back to how I originally got in the business. Uh, there was a 17th floor condominium downtown, sprinkler, fire sprinkler pipe, blue, flooded all 17 floors. And all of a sudden now we've got sprinkler guy, the master policy, 17 floors worth of unit owners. And and yeah, it was, there were meetings with lots of lawyers and lots of, yep. you know, kind of just talking about process of who's going to pay, you know, who's who's participating, who isn't, you know, they're, they're being naughty. We need to send them notices and letters and make them, make them do what they're supposed to do. So, yeah, it it turns into a big, big process there, but quarterbacking that is important.
1: Well, we talked about, we talked about this earlier, just real briefly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, your insurance company's job is to protect you. Mm -hmm. And if they're blowing you off and they're not playing fair with the other companies, they are not protecting you. That is called bad faith where I come from. You pay a premium, you expect to be taken care of. If they're Mm -hmm. not doing that, you can apply pressure, call the insurance commissioner's office, call the attorney general's office, file a complaint, say, hey, my company is not helping me. And Mm -hmm. whatever that might be, like you said, if there's eight insurance companies involved and one of them's not playing well, they have got to, they got to step up and make sure they get it done
0: getting that, getting that documented to get the, get the proof of what's going on. Yeah. 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 turns into a big pain. Yes. Okay. Next one, multiple unit policies. Ah, This is kind of that, that board question. How do we avoid getting taken advantage of by the ambulance chaser contractors? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they shove a contract in my face and ask me to sign it. I mean, we've even seen the, you know, three, it's like tow truck companies. I mean, three of them swoop in on the, on the broken down vehicle and and they kind of just bluff their way in there. Oh yeah. Your insurance company sent me sign here and yeah. bill away. So what, what, what are, what are good ways to kind of control that? a little bit? Yeah.
1: In my experience, it's just, it's pay attention to the referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if so, I, I have an example, um, two houses in my neighborhood burnt down the same day. Mm-hmm. And while, while one of them was still on fire, this, this, public adjuster pulled up in his brand new mercedes and said hey i'm here to help you you know and i Mm -hmm. because i was there in the front yard writing the person a check so they can go buy underwear and toothbrushes and you know for the night since they had nothing and i said get the hell out of here right both of these people have insurance they'll handle the claims we're not paying you a fee it's like i said beat it nobody needs you here and by the way how'd you hear about this you know, and so because nobody, yeah. you know, anyway, so and then the other thing is, if the management company, thank heavens for them, if they can make a referral. And and so when people start showing up, you say, hey, how'd you how'd you hear about this? Oh, well, it was our management company. Oh, who'd you talk to? I just do a little more exploratory uh, asking right. of, of questions that way so that, you know, because you're right. They listen yeah. to scanners they, they, and they'll show up and act like they own the place. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's not, I've seen it happen too many times.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Is any of this sounding familiar? If it is, <laughs> pick up the phone, give me a call, use your little QR code, Reader's scan in to get on that calendar and and schedule 15 minutes. And we're happy to keep pointing you in the right direction in this week. I can tell you war stories with, with boards and how they handle insurance, but for insurance stuff, I'm going to punt you over to Matt and say, call Mm -hmm. Matt, he can help Mm -hmm. you. And so I hope this is, I hope you're getting some value out of there, but click on the calendar link and you can schedule some time. Matt will have one here soon. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. The uh, difference between the unit policy and the master policy, who owns what? Whose insurance should cover what? Is there language in each policy about what it covers or does not cover? And I think one of the questions that this gets to is the bylaws will say the common areas of the building, the studs, the framing, the floor joists, the insulation between the units, that's all owned by the you know association. But then we have insurance policies that are working between the drywall, so to speak, but then some you know better insurance policies. yeah, I'll cover everything. If it was my guy's loss or other policies. you know, they may say different things. So how do we filter that? How do we make sure that we have the right coverage? How do we make sure the right people are paying the right, you know, look to them to do what they're supposed to do?
1: Yeah, fair enough. So I'll start with the master policies um and not to get too far into the woods on the detail because there's so many details but but if 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 the master policy is written correctly and i mean that whoever is evaluating it actually goes out and looks at it and mm-hmm. measures the buildings and finds out that you have an elevator and two pools and a pool house and you know so it, the, the, my personal opinion is that if you're going to write it you need to know what's there so go out and do that If the master policy is adequately, the coverage amounts and all that stuff, that should be reviewed annually. And um, sometimes, I won't get into a a big deal with, but but 10 years ago, um, a lot of companies, well, a few companies came out with what we call skeleton master policies. Mm -hmm. And they really are, they really, well, it's, it's, we call it an all-in policy versus a skeleton policy. The all-in policy basically says, we cover everything everything in the building and that means again we're going to go back to this everything from the drywall in so if the bylaws don't state you know something to counter what the all-in policy says then you have a contract you know there's a contract between the insurance company and the association so if the bylaws aren't clear then Mm -hmm. that that master policy could be paying for everything even right. the furnishings in the building. So that's where the where the bylaws come in and, and kind of whittle that down and say, look, we just want to pay for, I call the superstructure. So if it's evaluated properly and it's reviewed annually, the master policy should be in great shape, have a high deductible, that's fine. And it should work in concert with the HO6 or the unit owner's policy so mm-hmm. that if the owner has a, a claim or a loss that is confined to their unit and inside the drywall there's no need for the master policy to get involved if right. the fire goes through the ceiling into the persons above them then you potentially could have a unit owner's policy downstairs a unit owner's policy upstairs and the master policy to fix what's in between as mm-hmm. long as the bylaws are specific about what's in between okay so that and that's a that's a thirty thousand foot view, and you're going to hear this over and over again today. Bylaws, 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 bylaws. <laughs> yeah. Hire an attorney to sit down with an insurance person and make sure that all the eyes are dilated. Like These the are exactly, yeah, exactly. You like yeah. I said, when you're sitting in front of a judge at a bench trial or a jury, or you're doing a deposition, you will never be sorry that you spent
0: the money to get the bylaws updated. Yeah, big time, big time. So bylaws updated, and that, that brings up a question. I don't, I don't read a whole ton of them, but when I do, I see 30% of them were the original bylaws. And of course they benefit the developer because the developer owns the units at the time and they've never been updated. And you know, it was before you know a computer was developed and the type spacing was just <laughs> to air off. And you're like, holy moly, they hadn't even thought about multiple outlets in the bathroom yet. And uh, so there's lots of bylaws. (laughs) There's talk about skeleton. They don't even represent the right interests. Sure. So we've had previous shows about that, but it's just here is one more expert on the Billing Doctor show telling you, hey, revisit that. Uh, and just look at it and tighten it up. And this is something probably every five to ten years that needs to be done. So it's not not every year, not every policy, but right. <clears throat> get a good. Do you ever see any boards being super proactive, saying, "Hey, we've gone through this exercise. Here's what all of you residents should get." I yeah, wrote... I
1: wrote. I wrote a um, association up in. Watcom county because i can't write him in king Pearson's and anymore but mm-hmm. i wrote one up there and a year later i sat down with them and i read the thing cover to cover and i said here's what i would suggest within a month all the changes were done wow and they're like they're like okay i mean it's not a big one it's probably gosh what is it oh 20 units or something like that so it okay. wasn't huge but they they were like yeah we don't want to be burdened with this if something right. happens
0: right Yep, yep. It's time to do it now. Okay. Yep. Great. Deductibles, a big puddle of water. I can see it's not a floor fan, that's a ceiling fan, a reflection <laughs> in the puddle. And so we kind of talked about this. My toilet overflowed and flooded to two units under me. Who pays? Uh yeah. It was my toilet that flooded you, but it was his water that came through your floor. Because no, I'm joking. The uh yeah master deductibles other unit deductibles which policy steps up and takes charge do and you're back to that all in are are we lucky when we happen to have an all-in policy that just takes care of everything you are you're
1: um and again yeah no you it's it's very good uh to have an all-in policy as a master policy um but again the to 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 keep Prices down and things. And, mm-hmm. and so then the association then would definitely, again, make sure the bylaws are appropriate, have a high deductible so that you only use the master policy when it's a serious catastrophic claim. Right. That's why, you know, I even suggested to this board up in um, Walton County, I said, hey, you need to make purchasing a condo and owning one here, uh, you know, that H-O-6 has to be mandated and for a whole lot of reasons liability and this and that and you know so and they did that and and all but one person had it and she's like yeah okay it makes sense um but you know with this particular kind of loss there's three levels involved some insurance policies depending on who the company is if you have adequate uh, limits of building coverage remember Mm -hmm. that's everything bolted to the place sometimes your building coverage could pay for damage in your neighbors below his place or her place. It yeah, just ask your, ask your agent, you know, or whatever. Um, but then again, if you're somehow negligent, and the two people below you got wet, then, you know, then you might be involving your liability portion because their company is going to come after you and say, yo, you, you, you know, left the house and the water was running. Why'd you do that? That's negligence. You know what I mean. So, um, gotcha.
0: Okay. Any any spin on Airbnbs and stuff like that? So now I've got a now we've got an active rental hotel operation going out of this particular unit. We got a lot of different tenants. We don't have a steady resident. We've got a business. We've got any mm, 6 yeah. covers yep. that or now do we need to do we need to do we as the association have to protect ourselves from these you know short-term rentals yeah
1: yeah um, insurance companies historically are extremely slow to to get on board with with things like this and mm-hmm. and yes 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 call your insurance company and make sure that if you're gonna do that Ask them: A, do I have coverage if I short-term lease my place? Mm-hmm. B, if you know, if I don't, can I buy an endorsement through your company to get it done? Because you don't ever want to be in a situation where you have, you're doing that, right. you have a loss, and they say, "Oh, no, there's no coverage because of an exclusion," and it's not because they don't like you; it's because it's contractual. And right. so this this is new, not mm-hmm. new, but it's it's. Insurance companies are finally jumping on the bad way. They hate it because their care custody and control, that's insurance ease, is mm-hmm. not there. You're, you know, you got somebody standing at your place, a different person, right. once a month. Or, and they or hate every that every night. <laughs> yeah, because how, how do you underwrite? You don't know them. How do you underwrite for something like that? Well, they charge more. They put right. an endorsement on there and say, yep, yeah, you can use the blah, blah, blah endorsement if you're gonna Airbnb your place.
0: Okay. So any problems with denial of these claims because I can just I can just see the thrifty investor not telling isn't their insurance company that they've got this racket going on and they've read their policy briefly cuz they watched Matt and Jen's talk about them they didn't see any exclusion there so we're good just don't tell anybody
1: yeah, there, um, that's, I refer to that as, pretty fast. it's Russian roulette is, oh, is how I refer yeah. to that, is, you know, trick. it's, it's, yeah, right, it, it's better, I always have a feeling it's better to ask, you know, some people say, oh, I'll act now and, and apologize later, mm-hmm. well, you have an insurance contract that you need to be mindful of, and if there's right. an exclusion in there, that's just ugly. And so, do not read your insurance policy. Call your agent, and the agent will act as a gatekeeper and say, "Yeah, Jens. As a matter of fact, we have a new endorsement that we can tack on. It's fifty bucks a year, and it'll cover you." Here are the guidelines. You know, you have you have to blah 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 blah. But at least you're being proactive, so that on the back end, if you've done nothing and you have a claim, and they look into it and they say, "Well, what happened?" Well, I had somebody stay in there, and then that snowballs into they find out, you know, right. again, it's the insurance company's job is not to deny your claim. I know that's a big, dirty thing out there, but they're not. The job is to help you out. And if you right. have a, you have a contract. So mm-hmm. if 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 all the things are in line, you're going to get paid. And right. So, right.
0: you know, what was the other thing? Let's see. So in the auto policy world, we have uninsured motorists uh-huh. required to get it by law but we have a little line item that says uninsured motors, 10,000 bucks or something, you know, whatever it is. Um, So in real estate world, a mortgage typically is the requirement to have an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. But if I've got, you know, a cheap unit or I'm a cash guy, there's nobody making me have an insurance policy. Is there a requirement? Is that again, now I got to go back to the bylaws. Every resident shall have insurance Or is there an uninsured writer I can buy? of the guy above me doesn't have insurance, and I I can buy some extra coverage. That That is,
1: I'm not aware of anything like that on the on the homeowner's side of things or the fire side of things. Um, uh, And to your point, it boils down to economics. I, Mm. I ask people all the day, all the time, "Hey, you know, so if your if your house burns down, why own my house? I don't need insurance. Okay, well, if it burns down, are you good?" (laughs) Are you just, you have enough cash, you have enough cash reserves to rebuild your house the way it is. And if they say, absolutely. Mm. And then the next question is, well, how about liability? What if your dog rips someone's face off? Right. Do you have a, do you have 10, 12, $15 million in the bank? If, if they die and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, so there's, there's all kinds of uh, if you don't want to insure your assets, you sure as heck should insure against liability.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right, here's the window replacement slide. So, in yeah. that upper right corner where you see the piece of plywood, I think that's covering a window opening. and so somebody did a bad window job and and that that water is dripping all the way down, the sheathing and siding. So the question is, you know the board says unit owners are responsible for replacing our own windows. If somebody on the third floor hires a poor, poorly done contractor or a bad contractor, and he doesn't do the job right. And it damages things on the common element or on the master policy side of things. Uh, It's a resident with a unit policy, damaging common element, master policy. Where do you see conflict or how how does that get sorted out?
1: Um, This is just pure ugly. Um, You've heard the phrase, (laughs) the brown stuff rolls downhill. Well, here's the biggest problem with what I'm looking at here. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no coverage for anything like this because Mm. at least in most in most insurance policies because this is not a named peril in Mm. fact it is a big fat exclusion in the policy in most policies it'll say crappy workmanship is not a covered loss right and so and then the other the other thing is you look at this picture it's been going on for a long time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that this is not an acute issue think of medical issues is it an acute problem did you break your leg or is it a Mm -hmm. chronic problem you have arthritis Mm -hmm. and and insurance companies fake focus mainly on acute problems not chronic problems chronic problems are maintenance issues whether you know about them or not And, Mm -hmm. you know, and you and I spoke earlier about, you know, potential precedents being set in the industry now to Mm -hmm. maybe go back to cover those things. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm all for it. But just be careful what you ask for, because as as governmental agencies and regulatory agencies start making insurance companies pay for this stuff, rates will go through the roof.
0: Rates will go Um, up. Insurance companies will pull out. Right. I mean, it's California's having a tough time. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. we saw that in the condo world. Uh, we just can't get yep. condo insurance. So that's sorry. right. We're, we're not going to play. We're taking our ball yeah. and going home. Right. Absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. So that's uh,
1: so one more insurance ease issue. And it's, it's what I've, it's proximate cause. The proximate cause of this damage in this picture mm-hmm. is shoddy workmanship. Therefore, okay. it's not covered because, you know, who you want to go after is the sub that did the work. And mm-hmm. now this is probably what, 10, 12 years old. That if that sub is still around good luck with that you know yeah, what i mean right and right. and so
0: you know so how does how does what is your opinion of how a board can get uh to prevent this and again i can i can hear you saying bylaws and windows and don't make your residents hang off the outside of the building and pound windows in but right. i don't want to answer answer for you but
1: no i i you and i think are on the same page on this and and on uh emphatically do not allow your owners to replace the windows mm-hmm. in my personal opinion and in my experience it is a structural thing mm-hmm. and if the association is in fact in charge of the structure mm-hmm. outside the drywall they want to have full control over how that's done right and right. so it you know and then if this happens guess what it's a board problem now because they authorized abc windows to do it The unit owner's off the hook and now it's a board problem. Oh crap, I knew I shouldn't hire that guy because blah. Now look at what we have here. And so, but
0: uh, yeah. It made me do it. The board told me to do it. They made me. Exactly.
1: Don't, I mean, it's a structural. Again, in my experience, windows are a structural piece. Mm -hmm. You can have something in the bylaws. Like if your knucklehead kid throws a baseball and breaks the window, the association will fix it. But then you're getting a bill. Right, you know what I mean, right. and and yep. so that kind of stuff.
0: Knuckleheads. Okay, that brings us to DNO policies, and this is directors and officers liability insurance. So it's designed to protect the people who serve or volunteer as officers of a company from personal loss. So when we have our volunteer board members, they are board members of a typically a nonprofit corporation, and so this DNO policy. I'd I'd say several lots of boards are like, what's that? Oh, that sounds expensive. Doesn't our insurance cover that? Yeah. So, is this a separate policy, or is this like a rider? Is this how do you, how do you sell DNO insurance along with a master policy?
1: Well, the selling of it is easy when I tell you what it does. Okay. The, what what it depends on the company. We mm-hmm. endorse a policy, you know, with an endorsement. Some okay. people don't offer it, so you'd have to go to a specialty products type of company that would offer just flat D and O. But mm-hmm. here's the deal. So it's the Matt and Jan's Corporation, and we have twelve members. Mm-hmm. And the name of the corporation is ABC Limited Liability or whatever it is, or or mm-hmm. ABC Incorporated, mm-hmm. and We're a consulting agency, and we give bad advice, and it Mm -hmm. financially harms someone. Well, Mm -hmm. that person's attorney will now come after ABC Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Well, in today's litigious world, they're not just going to name ABC Incorporation. They're going to name ABC Incorporation as well as all 12 board members. Mm -hmm. Well, the insurance policies named insured is ABC Incorporated. It's not ABC Incorporated and their board, it's just right. ABC. So ABC gets the defense, but the, unless you have the DNO policy or endorsement, it's the personal defense that you want for each of your mm-hmm. board members. So yep. the standalone policy defends the corporation, but you have the DNO endorsement and now all of Matt and Jen's board members now get defense, when they are also named in the lawsuit because right. they they made poor decisions to make
0: this blah blah blah. Makes sense? Yep. yep. So back to the fire, the board didn't maintain the fire sprinkler or whatever, and that's why it went off. So we're going to see the board members. And you know we saw we we, we saw that in what the Florida collapse claims yeah. and and you know the board making poor decisions. Yeah, get that DNO policy.
1: Yeah, you need it. You need it. You need it. Hopefully, you'll never have to use it. Right. But it's it's not. It's it it really doesn't have to be super expensive either.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that. This is this one of those things that's pretty cheap. DNO policy. Well, it depends. I mean, based on reasonable sizes and relative, you know, terms.
1: Depends on if it's endorsed or if it's standalone policy. I think the last Mm -hmm. one I wrote was like, I don't know, three hundred bucks a year for a million dollars. That's really, that's That's really not that
0: bad. That's not that bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Down to the HO6. This is the unit owner's policy, but we're also talking about that separate little nuance of loss assessment inside the HO6. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk about this.
1: Okay. Assessments pretty simple. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. very complex, but I try to make it as simple as possible. A couple different kinds of assessments. Boards, if you're listening, you'll get this. And unit owners, hopefully, you haven't had one. But I like to use examples. You have a pool house, and you're sitting out there one day, and you find you're looking. God, you know the roof needs to be replaced on that. You haven't had a loss, but you just it look at like this is 15 years old, it needs to be replaced. So mm-hmm. you go to the board and say, Hey, you guys, the board, the 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 roof needs to be replaced. The board votes. They get a vote of the majority of the ownership, and they say, Yeah, okay. And they don't want to dip into reserves. And so they will issue a special assessment to the Mm -hmm. ownership because you're making improvements. Right. That's a special assessment that is not covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. Door number two is same pool house. A fire burns the thing down. And your knucklehead insurance agent didn't have enough coverage on the pool house. So it's a $500,000 structure that only had $250,000 of coverage on it. Mm. So if you want to put it back to pre-loss condition, you are stuck now with doing a special assessment to the ownership, if you so choose to put that building back like it was. So depending on the number, you can do the math. I went to Oregon state so I have to use a calculator but mm. you know you, you you do the math and you figure so uh, I have a quarter of a million dollars divided by the number of unit owners right it can get costly okay. I've had three assessment claims in in 23 years 12,000 mm. 13,000 and 60,000 right this yeah. this coverage is pennies on the dollar mm. literally pennies okay. so get get 75 to 100,000 dollars if you can For $75,000 at my company, it's 16 bucks a year. $16
0: a year? A
1: year, yeah, to buy 75,000 bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Let's repeat that
0: for everybody one more time. $75,000. 16
1: 16 bucks a year. And so if if you get that, if it's a liability loss, same thing. Somebody drowns in your pool and your insurance agent told you that a million bucks was enough. Well, Mm -hmm. you know. That, that may not be enough. So the trigger here is the assessment coverage on your HO6 may come into play if there is a covered loss that happens.
0: So the pool house burning down was the covered loss. Correct. And the difference between what it cost to restore it and what it was actually insured for was $300,000 or two hundred fifty. dollars yep. yep. And so that $250,000 and what the assessment is divided by 10, so it be twenty five dollars each or yep. however you figure yep. that out. Yep. That's and right. so because I have a $75,000 policy it easily pays that 25 additional
1: Yep, yep. that's 16 exactly right. bucks a year. Jeez. Yeah. And so, so trust me, the, the client of mine that got a $60,000, it's a nightmare, and I'm not going to get into it. Um, it you know, I, I'm going to lie to you right now and tell you that we covered it just because it's better for the story. But if you can imagine getting a $60,000 bill on a Thursday, Um, that you have to pay in two months and Mm you go oh I've got insurance for this or let me call my insurance dork and see if I you know that would be a good Thursday if you found out that you had coverage
0: and then your neighbors don't like you because they're all grumbling about the assessment they have to pay and you're like what assessment yes exactly okay so in our world we're seeing this with our boards in the sense that we're seeing this with our unit owners where we go through a you know hidden water damage loss under the siding it's complete strip and reclad and everybody gets an assessment of 55,000 bucks a piece to do all this work those who had this you know some five or six units come and they say I've got this loss assessment insurance this is paid for for me and then I'm, I'm like holy smokes we got to spread that news so let's get that out to people yeah. uh whatever whatever the, and so I'm getting into the timing question and that's one of the fourth bullets of Obviously, back to the pool house on fire. You can't call and get insurance for fire insurance when it's burn burning or burned down. You could but try. You could try, <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> that no. That would be the answer is no.
1: Would be good. You, you uh, need to add the coverage before the loss occurs. Right. So to your to your point or your example, that's a huge gray area and just ugly. They mm-hmm. find a bunch of damage behind the siding. That's it's been happening for years. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one.
0: Okay. Whether and you whether so, you have
1: the assessment or not, right. Or coverage or not, it may not be covered because it's a it's a chronic problem. It's not an acute a treated problem. That's fault. where
0: I let the lawyers do their thing. That's and exactly so right. Something gets triggered. So okay, now we got triggered. <laughs> exactly. But right. And we can be triggered or not, but yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I didn't
1: I didn't mean to trigger you just then. Sorry.
0: <laughs> on, on the timing question. Uh-huh. At sixteen bucks a year, just buy this stuff when you renew or buy your condo. or oh gosh. Yes. Tomorrow it ends in a Y. It's starting with Wednesday. give yeah. Matt a call. Or and, call your
1: agent. Yeah, call your agent oh, and add it. Call your agent. Mo- yep. Most policies come with a thousand dollars. That's what the state said. That, that you know when you write the policies, the vanilla ness they
0: come with a um, thousand. Well, okay, so that they have a thousand bucks. So this is one of those things going from a thousand to seventy-five thousand. 16 16.
1: yeah
0: crazy okay and again that's what
1: that's with my company it might be different with others but you won't know that's the
0: segue if you want Mm -hmm. to talk to matt yeah you know talk to him here's his phone number and here is his email address or one of them and he looks the same it's not a it's not a (laughs) 10 year old earlier shot no (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, my hair's can, a little bit more gray. He's, he's actually, tan.
0: he just got back. Yeah. So exactly. there's Matt's information. He can help you with all the stuff. And if you found any of this information useful, run it by him. Again, I can talk buildings. Matt can talk insurance policies and coverage.
1: And I'm happy. Real quickly, J- Jens, <laughs> to you know, yeah. if people want to review their policies and they can bring me a deck page and I mean, I'm not. I mean, whether they come to my office or not, or whether they come to my company, that's okay. Yeah. I'm right. happy to offer that in as much as you offer a free 15 minute or I'm mm-hmm. happy to look at them and say, Hey, you know, you
0: know, what's important
1: to you. This free is reviews. You know. Yep. Yep.
0: Fantastic. You guys heard it. Uh, let me go back to his, there's his email, email. him when it <laughs> says deck page, does that stand for declarations page?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Insurance Perfect. lingo. It's the thing yep. that has your name and address and policy number and coverage mm-hmm. limits and premium, you know?
0: Yeah. Perfect. So there's his information again. Matt at mattmartin.biz.
1: It had to be something I could remember, Jens.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I the same. Oh,
1: but by you the know, way, I, I no one's asked the question yet, but yes, we still offer waterbed liability. I just wanted you to know that.
0: Oh you know? yeah, <laughs> I, remember, I remember that Waterbeds? Yeah, exactly. Fantastic.
1: What, exactly. What's the best
0: story about one of those? Oh
1: god. oh god, oh I don't I even know. I don't. I don't know if it's rated G or not. So you
0: know. <laughs> I just remember jumping on them when I was uh-huh. a kid. You're oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that probably popped them uh okay waterbeds we're on the waterbeds the uh let's see we've got some feel free to look in the chat Brooke tells me there's no questions there so our first question is brought to us by Phil how should the HOA handle mechanical debris I.E screws nails bolts connectors metal junk? Left on the flat top asphalt roof, typically from AC repairs or replacements, and people walk on digging into the roof, possibly causing a water leak down the road? Oh, that's a great question. That's a, that's a great question. And I mean, I don't know,
1: Jen, Jen's, if you want to answer, and I have my own opinion about it, but, but go ahead. Right.
0: For it. Well, it's, it's uh, yeah, that, that would be kind of in our maintenance maintenance inspection you know we'd be catching some of that saying hey whatever sloppy joe came here last time let's get these things swept up but now that it's poked through the roof and maybe maybe they just did that they dropped so many screws and when they're cleaning yeah they were cleaning up but walking out they drove some screws in uh yeah that'd be an interesting one i don't know what's your what's your Take, I, I
1: i would say that's a covered loss um, but mm-hmm. but what i'd also say is most of these companies whether you have regular hvac work done have mm-hmm. a contract and it says this is what we'll do and mm-hmm. this is what you'll pay us mm-hmm. you make damn sure darn sure sorry that they have <laughs> part of that contract that would that says mm-hmm. we will clean up after ourselves and you know that that's part of the contract Gotcha. And that, and that means we're not going to leave a bunch of crap on the, on the flat roof because of what you're exactly, Phil, what you're saying. It's a, it's a great question, right? You know, got to hold these people accountable. And so when they say, oh, here, sign our contract, I would say not so fast. Let me make sure that cleanup is in your contract. And if it's not, you put it in there because right. I'm, I'm going to be coming after you down the road. If You know, because if you left a mess and it caused a problem, you're in breach of contract, period.
0: Right, right. The I I don't know how many I see of the dropping the screw gun. Here's a hunch through the membrane in the shape of a Phillips driver bit. And it's like, well, they clearly dropped their screw gun and whoops, pick it up quick. Don't leave that on the rough. Right. Okay. Anonymous asks, do you have any insights about deductibles for plumbing projects? And so, ooh, plumbing insights about deductibles for plumbing projects, plumbing projects. We're, we're doing a bunch of those. We just had a couple of recent webinars on that of, of retrofitting the plumbing from, you know, old leaky stuff to good new stuff. Um, but the losses are what starts triggering we start getting three or four of these units that pop and we pay 30 35k per you know flood and we're getting tired of paying 100 150k before we then get into the plumbing replacement job um, i don't i don't have enough information there about the question um, but did plumbing would be a covered loss if we had what type of plumbing problem Man.
1: Well, pi- pipes break. They get old. Mm-hmm. They break. Fittings break. You know, somebody mm-hmm. pounds a nail into the wall to hang a picture. Believe it or not, they hit a mm-hmm. pipe. Yeah. The the biggest. I mean, obviously in this region, thank God, not a lot. But freezing pipes mm-hmm. um, and insurance policies will. If there's direct physical loss to the plumbing, like a car ran into it, right. And the thing, yeah, then we replace the plumbing. But if it's just old and a fitting breaks, or somebody drives it, actually driving a nail into it is direct physical loss so the plumbing would actually be replaced there but if it just fails Mm -hmm. there's there will cover the resulting damage Mm -hmm. but the plumbing itself no, if it just fails that's not the intent of the policy
0: gotcha okay yep all right going once going twice on the questions that's all i see so let's jump into uh let's jump into some giveaways here hang on just a
1: second there's one more we filed a roofing claim through our master policy but it got denied the adjuster was wrong on -hmm. several items of our roof age how good are the adjusters usually and should we do that i love that question because just because one knucklehead comes out to your place and says nope we're not doing it i would never stop there i would go to your agent and say hey i need help here help me understand why this got denied there are reasons to deny claims but mm-hmm. if he's wrong on, like you said, if, if the person is wrong on age and, t- my God, if he can't even tell what type the roof is, mm-hmm. come on. You think they have enough information to, to settle or deny a claim?
0: So I would say what, no. what do you do there? Do you call, again, your agent or their manager? I I, I don't like the denial. I think they're too young. Yep. They don't have the experience to talk about yep. this. I think they're wrong. So yep. you ask for and, a redo? Yeah.
1: You you call you call your agent and get them on board. You maybe call the manager and you say, you know, show me in the policy where it says right. this is. Show me the exclusion. Show me the you know what's covered and what's not part of the policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you know I might be mad, but at least I'll know that is true. But gotcha. again, if if you can't identify the age or the type of roofing it is, my God, how, how do you have enough moxie to deny a claim? Right, right. Now, yep. I'd be all over that person and saying, What do you mean? You, help me understand why you're denying it. And then I'll right. try to explain it to my customer, you know?
0: Right. Gotcha. Is that, I okay. hope that's helpful. I, I, I don't know. No, oh, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, Angela, uh, we got one last one here. Ever heard of roof shingles melting? Ooh, I've heard of them curling, buckling, getting brittle uh we've had melt melting between roof shingles you know a sloped roof and a flat roof when you have pvc touching the asphalt and they don't get along they argue and it uh causes the asphalt to melt out of them and so any other melting that you're familiar with matt
1: uh, just uh, why they don't use uh, asphalt shingles in Arizona because they do melt in the sun, but um, not not in this region. No, never, never okay. have come across that. I've worked in Oregon, Washington, California, mm-hmm. and and even there, no, I haven't. I mean, that's a that's an interesting question. I haven't heard of that. Mm. Okay. All right, got
0: some good questions. Going once, going twice. I see some of these little dots uh, Phil had another follow-up question. Um, Uh, It was kind of a, the owner didn't inspect the roof after the AC repair was done and the owner moved. And yeah, so. Sure. Yeah. It happens. And letting people install their own heat pumps, pumping, you know, puncturing through the roof or letting them put in their own skylights and then they move. And yeah, you got a big mess on on
1: the
0: roof. So,
1: yep. Absolutely. Make it make it contractual so that, you know, yeah, A, don't let the owners do that stuff without supervision. Not that, I mean, sure, they're fine people, but, you know, to protect the board, um, right. that, that's, yeah,
0: so. Okay. Okay, Scott. Oh, I'm the author of the question of the day. <laughs> hey, awesome. right on, Thank Scott. You. Yeah. So to tie it all together, who has the expertise to be the clerk of the works? Yeah, good question. The uh, we we do as a consultant to to talk about the construction issues. We would be leaning on a insurance expert. You know, Matt Matt could probably fill that role if if he did consulting work. But that should be covered. That shouldn't be covered. And then I would I would pull in a I would pull in a, at least a lawyer on the master policy side to say. You know, keeping track of who is not playing along, and the lawyers, the lawyers, they've got all sorts of timers. They're running letters. They demand answers within X number of hours, and if they don't get it, you're in violation. And so they're they're setting up bad faith claims, and and so it's I'll take the lane of here's what needs to happen in every single one of these units to get it fixed and get these people back in, and then direct the contractors to do that. But uh, yeah, having an insurance expert with you would be great so yeah. matt matt do you ever getting called into any of that consulting work all the time all the oh, time okay. like, the, okay. like,
1: uh, well let me rephrase there haven't been a t- on the larger losses i have been and, mm-hmm. and the smaller ones are relatively easy but um but to the the question writer is mm-hmm. also in the association board is to assign someone to, just just to be a a contact person for the unit right. owners and for, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, and again, back to the question a long time ago, which was, what do you do? Well, right. if it's big, call the master policy right now, and then right. talk to all the unit owners, encourage them to file claims if it's, if it's a decent loss. And then the master policy claims people should be talking to the unit owner policy people and working together. I mean, there shouldn't be okay. a ton to discuss what, right as long as the bylaws are, are good.
0: Right. So then master policy, who pays for all these consultants and lawyers to wrangle it? Is it typically costs of the loss?
1: No association. I mean, that's okay. that's my, my feeling. Unless you have some kind of a funky thing in your master policy that I'm not aware of that would cover that kind of stuff, legal representation, mm-hmm. all that, which I don't think you do.
0: I mean, maybe I've not, never maybe, seen it. Maybe not yeah. legal, but but we need that clerk of the works. They're really an f- yeah. important function. It should yep. be covered. If not yeah. for the fire, we wouldn't need that, right? In a perfect so,
1: world, the the in a perfect world, the claims person from the master policy
0: should figure would that be out.
1: would be that person.
0: Oh, would be that person. Okay.
1: I, in a perfect world, that's right. Because again, what's right. their job? Is to protect the association. The association is the named insured. And do they want to pay out more than they need to contractually? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. They should. Again, as long as the bylaws are good and it spells out who pays for what, it should be right. easy.
0: Right. You know? Bingo. So pay, pay to do it in front of time. Scott has sneaks one more question on the line. Yeah. We are 10 minutes over, but let's answer this one because it was such a good question. So remember the negligent plumber. He has insurance. Shouldn't the master policy through subrogation never be paying anything? Well, the the, the term subrogation, my understanding of it means I'm going to chase you to get reimbursed for what I paid. And so perhaps the plumber's insurance will step up and pay all these checks straight. Uh, if the master policy needs to pay some things, they will be seeking reimbursement. Um, but yeah, every everybody gets involved and comes to the table. Um, who pays what first? That's your advocate on your policy. So is that
1: that's right typically subrogation is a is a fancy insurance word for collections that's all it is as we paid out on your behalf we want our money back in a third party claim situation like that where you're going after Mm -hmm. the plumbers insurance company they are not they the plumbers they're not going to manage the bills they're going to talk to the master policy company and say hey when you're done send us a subrogation packet with all the bills and everything spelled out. They are not going to manage bill by bill, by bill, by bill. That's why you have the first party coverage in place.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. Good questions, guys. Now giveaways. We're going to, we're going to move on giveaways. So the coffee box giveaway. Very nice. Very nice. I want number six. So Brooke, the producer, is going to figure out who number six is in our live participants, and she'll reach out to you. So you can't pick number six, Matt. All right. And I think you have two to give away. So, I would say participant number
1: nine gets this handsome
0: that's a pretty nice black plaid. and red
1: and plaid uh, yeah. blanket for a grassy knoll. Um, mm-hmm. And then probably on this beautiful red and white checked blanket, I would suggest maybe participant number four would get this one.
0: Oh, fantastic. Four and nine, get blankets.
1: Exactly. All right.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, so closing. Did you remember or did you know we have free resources for board and managers? Learn.j2consults.com slash resources. And we're back at the end of each month. So last Tuesday of every month, scan here, invite your friends, tell it out, forward it out. You're going to get the replay. You can forward it to the rest of your board and say, hey, watch this. Let's discuss it at the next meeting. There's some things we should be talking about. And thank you, Matt. This was super informative. If you've got insurance questions, reach direct out to Matt. Here's his contact information. And so you have been a pleasure to have on the show. So, thank, thank you very you. much.
1: And I'm happy to to meet with boards, whether well, I do your insurance or not. I mean, if I'm in town, I'm happy to show up and you know talk about insurance because it's so enlightening.
0: Right. <laughs> well, and the free review. So folks, absolutely take him up on his offer there. So absolutely. All right, that's it. So thank you very much. January is a wrap. Have, Have a good, good evening, good everyone. Good evening. All right. See ya.